This is the Health to Your Health and Wealth Show. Show me the money on My Talk 1071 with guests from Health Foundation's Birth Center and ClearStub Financial. Let's learn something. And here's your host, Miss Shannon. Yes, thank you for joining us for the Health and Wealth Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am Miss Shannon, always happy to be joined by my rotating panel of experts that come in and help you just alleviate some of those questions that you had things that you're like this would be great information but i haven't had time to look at it <laughs> look it up during this week because we're all busy so we have a repository of information here on the health and wealth show and today uh one of my favorite experts in the whole wide world dr amy johnson grass from health foundation's birth center and women's health clinics hello again dr amy good morning you know i uh, you know we're uh we're we're new friends since we met here i so wish i knew you 15 years ago before I was even thinking about having my kid (laughs) because every time we have a conversation, we talk about stuff that I'm like, oh, I wish I had known that. I mean, I absolutely would have fired my doctor because he was a pain and it never even occurred to me. Oh, wait, I can just find somebody else to talk to. So thank you for giving all these different perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just food for thought. Right. And, you know, you know, I love to be able to give you more information so you can ask more questions. Right. Because I think some of us, especially if we had our kids way back in the day, I count that. I know he's only 13, but it feels a million years ago. Um, but there were just things that I was going, no, they're the expert. And this is the experience that I had created in my brain based upon television shows and other things. So it didn't really occur to me to go, no, I could ask more questions or if they didn't explain it in a way that I could process that I could go, no, you need to slow down and we need to go back through this. It was more of the information I got was the appointments always go really quick. So you need to sit here and have all your questions ready ahead of time and all things like or you can just tell them that they have to slow down right, and, <laughs> and answer my questions. So I think that you do arm our listeners With information not only for themselves, but I was able to advise my younger sister when she and her husband were having their baby back last December to sit there and go, oh, no, is your provider asking, you know, do you feel comfortable? Did you get the questions you ask? If you're if you're feeling uneasy about certain things, you can go back and say these things. So it was good to be able to pass that on to her as well. And that's all information I learned from you. Thank you. Yes, because that's kind of the overall sentiment, I feel like, for pregnant people is my doctor or my provider, what they say is what goes and kind of just to take that blindly. Right. Versus feeling like they can ask more questions. They can feel more empowered. They can feel more comfortable in the experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like sure. feeling like you're part of the process instead of just a factory for creating a baby is oh, what it right. feels like it's like well no birth like, is this not is a, some, we're a family you know yes. yes birth is not something that happens to you right i'm a patient as well right you know, it's of, something mm-hmm. that it's really an experience and it's not something that happens to you right and so um right it's a different it's a shift in perspective mm-hmm. and um and viewpoint about you know really childbirth and and our role in it and, and what it means. It is such a transformative period in a person's life. Right. In a person's life, in a family's life. Um, and in this country, unfortunately, we do not take the time. We do not take the, you know, provide the education really to make it um, an experience that 
people feel empowered about and right. people feel ready for. Exactly. Exactly. Um, because in so many situations, I hear people say, well, yep, exactly what you said. My visits are about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they did some lab tests. I'm not quite sure what they were for. Right. Um, yeah, I've got to go in for something that's happening to me. Um, but they don't really know what's going on. And that also translates to they don't know what's coming right. for birth. And so, you know, you're right. Once we see everything that happens on TV and we hear all of these stories and, you know, Dr. Google. <laughs> right. That there's so much fear and really there doesn't need to be. And there's been so the message for women and pregnant people, I feel like, <clears throat> has been you're not strong enough or right. it's going to hurt too much. Right. Or you're not going to be able to do it. And that has done such a disservice, I think, overall, um, because that's just not the case. Right. And my my husband and I at a time, I remember we went to and that's, you know, this is my first kid. And I remember we went through all the classes, Dr. Amy, and um, he had gone out for the evening and I when my water broke, I didn't even know. I'm like, is that what that is? Or was that that weird mucus plug thing that you said or this other thing? Like, am I you know how I don't even know because the way that they explained it to me and the language that they use, I didn't really have a point of reference to go. Oh, like when they're saying, well, contractions feel like really like they were saying things like really bad crap, you know, cramps. Well, I'm not one of those women that ever had cramps. So I'm like, sure. so which is an issue? Like, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So even trying to find someone that can articulate it in a way that made sense for me, I was just at a loss. And I'm like, oh, I would have been so much more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like everything felt like it was like the end of the world because all I knew is what I would watch. And I think I used to watch. It was one of those. Uh, there was a show like a baby story or something oh, that was on reality. Some, right, I watched some reality oh, show. All, right, <laughs> I just watched. Uh, and the only thing that was good about it is made me go, "Well, look at all of the things that these families went through, and the baby was fine." And so that was what I found most comforting about those reality shows was, well, even if they had something weird happen, the baby was fine, and that's all I knew. And I'm like, I could have been a lot better prepared than just going well even if something goes kind of diagonal the baby (laughs) yes yes that could have been different (laughs) but i think that's part of what we're going to cover today is like by giving some uh all of our listeners out there the health and wealth show some top tips on moving towards these you know the words you like to use like low invasive and natural childbirth and just knowing what your options are because you're right you don't you hear all of these possibilities in passing and so it's difficult sometimes to go well what's the right option for me yep and i think there's some really key things that i just want people to know about birth Mm -hmm. so these tips i think um, really help just start opening your mind up to you know what you said possibilities right things to be thinking about um, things to do in your pregnancy so you are more prepared for birth we are going to talk about a little bit more about low intervention natural births today mm-hmm. because that's 85% of the population. Wow. 85% mm-hmm. because, you know, really what we're told is, or, or kind of what I feel like people know is that's not the case. Everything right. is an emergency in childbirth. And, and actually that's not true. Right. <laughs> you know, 85% of people have a, can have a natural low intervention, you know, 
straightforward birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the other 15% where they are considered more high risk. You right. know, um, they might be a candidate for a C-section. They might need additional monitoring or a specialist. Right. You know, but that's not a, that's not the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's kind of why I want to just talk a little bit more about that today and, and, and see what those tips are. And I think it's always good for us to, to back up and go, there's a overall process to it. So it doesn't have to be such a, I like that you use the word emergency, but you feel like you're in crisis mode uh-huh. for a lot of the, the pregnancy process. And I think that a lot of what you'll be able to cover today is how you can not feel like you're continually in crisis mode the entire time that you're going through. Oh, absolutely. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It shouldn't feel like something. <laughs> right. <laughs> pregnancy should be enjoyable. Right. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. And sure, there's things that come up along the way and there's some pregnancy discomforts. But in general, you know, it doesn't have to be, again, this horrible thing that's happening to you. Right. Or not even horrible, but, you know, this 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 process that's happening to you. It can be something that it's an experience. Because what do you normally tell when you let's say you have a new patient? And uh, she and her partner come to you and they go, yeah, everything that I've heard about this is that it's just going to be miserable. And I'm just resigned to the fact that I'm going to be miserable for the next nine months. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you open their eyes and help them go? No, no, no. It doesn't have to be like that. So a big piece of that comes from spending time together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we spend, you know, in those in those beginning appointments um, about an hour Okay. With um with families and we do a lot of education mm-hmm. around and and we do some investigating, right? So we do some labs because you know if your labs are off a little bit, we can help normalize them and you might feel better. Right. We talk about nutrition because that's a huge that's kind of the basis for a good pregnancy. Right. But oddly enough that's something we don't talk about a lot in this country. Right. Um when we talk about those things that are specific to them that either they're concerned about or that they're experiencing to talk about ways that um, or things that we can do to help them feel better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big part is offering the information so it's not an unknown. Right. Right. Because that's when things feel scary and that's when we sometimes feel overwhelmed is when we don't know what to anticipate, there's an unknown out there. We don't have a frame of reference. Right. And I feel like when we give people the information that they need and um, and that they don't have to come up with. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they're not it's not everybody's pregnant. We're not pregnant all the time. Exactly. Um, when you get that information, it helps start um diffusing that anxiety right and that i feel like really helps turn that corner of where pregnancy is something that's happening to you versus something that is an experience for you right all right well we are going to go to our first break and what are we going to start with when we return dr amy we're going to start with our first couple of tips about Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about why you want a natural childbirth and you can also be part of the show the number is 651-641-1071 we'll be right back with dr amy johnson grass from health foundations birth center and women's health clinic here on the health and wealth show 
Welcome back to the Health and Wealth Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Reminding you, you can always find their information not only by going to our website, MyTalk1071.com, and using keyword health and wealth. You can go to their website as well. It's healthfoundations.com. And uh, we always uh, encourage people that you, if they're old school and they want to call you, Dr. Amy, I have your number. It's 651 895 2520. If you're if you've been sitting there going, I just really want to hear somebody's voice to help me feel better about some of these questions I have about my health, about my potential baby's health, about any of that stuff. If you're just like, hey, I'm a woman and I want to talk to somebody about my parts, call Health Foundations. Call us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. We can answer your questions. We can get you in to see you. Yes. Yeah, so it's fantastic. We right? are doing in-person visits as well as virtual. So wherever your comfort is these days. Right. And I, I brought you up again to, you know, and I'll tell this story, which is only partially uh, personal, but my best friend moved to health foundations because she was we were talking having girl chat and she's been talking about some concerns for years and i'm like you know i don't think the fact that you keep asking your doctor that you're at the time and they just never give you an answer i hang out with dr amy i think you can have an answer at least or (laughs) they work on this stuff not just well kind of sucks to be you kind of thing that doesn't sound right and she's moved over and working with you guys and and having a much better experience Good. I'm glad Mm -hmm. to hear that. Yes. Yes. If you are feeling all of those things, if you're just feeling not heard, dismissed, or if somebody tells you, oh, that's just your periods. Yes. And just kind of blows whatever you're experiencing off and doesn't really answer your questions and you're not feeling better. That's not a good provider. Right. Because it kind of the answers she'd been getting were kind of like, it's just going to keep being terrible. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's what do you you're mean? a woman <laughs> and it's, and it's just going to be terrible. <laughs> right. That's just the way it Until is. Until you hit menopause. So there's a <laughs> finish line. it's going to be really terrible. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, I, I don't know. Because her experience is not the same as mine. Because we're sure. all different human beings. But I'm like, I... Don't think that's supposed to be the answer. <laughs> that answer sounds awful that they're just like, it's just going to keep being terrible. Yeah. That, and that's so I love that you, <laughs> right. That you go, no, there can be non terrible in these things. Oh, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to feel horrible all the time. Right. Or because at least for a significant portion of it, like a quarter of your time every month doesn't have to be correct. Horrible. Yes. And you know, Sonny, you that. just made, producer Sonny just made a face like, Really? Like revelations. <laughs> like, why do we put up with this? But it's true. Well, that, and then you know, if you go to a provider and you think, oh, my gosh, they're going to uh, somebody's going to help me. Mm-hmm. And then you are just dismissed. Right. Then you're kind of left feeling like, OK, well, now what am I supposed to do? Right. I saw the expert. Yeah. And you just feel a little bit resigned. And then, you know, honestly, I feel like so many people are just so busy. Mm -hmm. They kind of be like, okay, I guess this is just the way it is. Or time just keeps ticking by. And And they just just, continue feeling terrible a quarter of your life. Yes. It doesn't need to be that way. Come see us. Good point. Yeah. So that's healthfoundations.com. All right. So our top tips about natural childbirth. So first, can we just back up and give 
what's the what's the doctor's definition? What's the provider's definition of that? Sure. So, you know, you might hear natural childbirth. You might hear low intervention, mm-hmm. non-medicated. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, when I think about a natural quote unquote childbirth, I think more of um, you're not using pain medications. Mm-hmm. You're able to eat and drink freely throughout labor. Okay. You know, you're able to do lots of different position changes. Um that and you know really then once you have the baby mm-hmm. you're able to be up and moving and sure you might be tired right. or your body might be sore it's just gone through this amazingly huge process right but for the most part you are you're okay you're normal mm-hmm. you can be walking around on your own eating mm-hmm. and drinking on your own all of these things um so that's what i think of as a as a quote unquote natural birth fair enough okay So, you know, the first thing I always think about, and, you know, this has really changed, I feel like, my perspective even over the years when talking and supporting people through this. Because, you know, at the birth center, of course, we don't have pain medications. Mm -hmm. You know, we have nitrous, Mm -hmm. um, which helps you, which helps the anxiety and helps you care less about the contractions, but it doesn't take them away. Right. But we don't have epidurals and we don't use narcotics. And when people come in and they um, are looking at the birth center and they're they're considering it as their option you know i always ask well what makes what's why is a natural birth important to you right because it's different for everyone Mm -hmm. and i think really knowing why you want that unmedicated birth Mm -hmm. is kind of important right and being able to think about you know and verbalize that because then you know why you're making the choices that you're making and if i if i only know bits and pieces of it like i know things from like dr google and little bits and pieces and buzzwords how do you help me navigate that process even of me exploring why do i want to be here oh yeah well we talk about it i Mm -hmm. mean for some people they don't want the side effects of medications Mm -hmm. um you know some people don't want that inner you know it's called the intervention cascade where you start with one intervention so maybe an epidural Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of cascades down the line into a whole bunch of other interventions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, it's a, it's a big sense of accomplishment. Right. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. I did this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, there's not a right or a wrong, but I think sometimes having a sense of, of why that's important to you. Right. Um, because it's kind of like your conviction. Right. Then and, and helping you keep your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, I feel like when people are even talking to family and friends mm-hmm. and they say, oh, I want an unmedicated birth or oh, I'm having a, my baby at the birth center or, um, yeah, I, I don't plan on epidural that they get like, oh my gosh, are you crazy? Exactly. All of these things. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, that they know, you know, whether they share that with people or not, they know why they're making that choice for right. themselves. And I think it's also one of those things that from a societal standpoint, they act like, well, that's what people like. Uh, that's a third world thing. Like instead of a oh, process, sure. it's a, oh, no, no, this is the, 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 you know, one of the things that we get from being in such a wonderful society is that you don't have to have any of those the sure. feelings or, uh, you know, you're allowed to, you're expected to have yep. these interventions because yeah. it's the, it's, 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 it seems uncivilized to, to have a non-medicated birth. Does that, that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 
you know, that I guess that would be true sometimes in the mm-hmm. United States. I right. see it for sure in other countries mm-hmm. um, where if you have a C-section, that's actually a status Correct. symbol mm-hmm. that, that you are of a higher right. status look, in society. This is how this happened to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting, you know, but in, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. you know, the United States um, has the highest maternal mortality rate in all of the developed countries. Wow. We spend the most on childbirth mm-hmm. and we have the worst outcomes. You know, it really makes you think, well, uh, there's something that's got to change. Right. And I really when it, you know, looking at this through the last, you know, 20 years, it really comes down to, I feel like respecting women and pregnant people. Right. Because what other health condition do we spend so little time on? Mm hmm. And that is so influential. And, you know, I hear, I sit in so many meetings because I work on the national level as well, talking about how do we mitigate this, these bad outcomes. And they're always talking about doing more to women. And I'm like, we don't need to do anything more to women. (laughs) We actually just need to spend time with them and Mm -hmm. educate. Right. And wow, things would really change. Exactly. But yeah. that's work. Why would we do that when that's we can just... Work. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't make money for the insurance. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole, you know, healthcare is a business. Right. It's a business of money. Mm-hmm. And don't ever forget that. Well, Dr. Amy, we have a minute to move into additional top tips so that we can then come back on the other side of the break. So what should we start with? So... Childbirth ed classes we're going to talk a little bit about and then how to pick your health care provider. Okay. And I think that that's always good because I like to say how to pick. Yeah. Because that implies that you have agency and you have the ability to go. Here's the questioning process and you don't have to take the answers the very first time you get them and all of that. Yes, absolutely. So and I and if we're going to tell you how to pick, can we also talk about how to replace Yes. Okay, exactly. That's a great so. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yes, so absolutely. We will do that. You can also be part of the Health and Wealth Show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. You can also go to our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword health and wealth. We'll be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Health and Wealth Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center and Women's Health Clinic. So remember, you can be part of the show. If you have any questions, it's a great day to get some of those out of your mind and into the world where we can actually help you with them. That number is 651-641-1071. So, you know, we're talking... I talk lots about education. That's really got what, what got me into medicine mm-hmm. in the first place. But when you are um, pregnant and planning for your birth, number one thing to be putting on your radar is enroll in a childbirth ed class. Right. And um, do one that's in the community. So, you know, names that generally you hear are Lamaze yes. or the Bradley Method or hypnobirthing or hypnobabies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all teach in a, a little bit different information in a little bit different way. But the reason I like childbirth ed classes is one, it helps you know what to anticipate. Right. So it talks about labor. It talks about, you know, the different stages of labor and what you'll experience. But it also helps put you and your partner on the same page. Mm-hmm. So you get to practice, you know, 
different comfort techniques or you get to talk about expectations because the thing that I see happen is each of you are in your own minds, right? You have your own perspective. You're experiencing this pregnancy in a different way. And if you don't talk about what your individual expectations are, you're not on the same page. And sometimes that translates kind of wonky (laughs) at some point (laughs) in the process. Right. And because we just, and this is true in life, right? Because a lot of times we're just going on our own path and we think, oh, of course that other person is thinking like I'm thinking. Right. Oops. Nope. (laughs) Um, So, But I think it's also, it it gives you, it tells you where everybody's lane is. I think that helps. But I remember some of the conversations we had where I'm going, I think we need a doula. And now he's offended. And I'm like, no. Right. The doula is supposed to be for, but I, st- I wish I, if I could re, if I had a way back machine, I would have done that as well. Yes. And going, this was rough, you know, kind of thing. Just the two of us figuring this out. So those are kind of go hand in hand and roll in a childbirth ed class and everybody should have a doula. Right. It's not, it doesn't replace your husband or your partner. No. It's, Mm-mm. they're really meant there to support both of you and they're with you that whole time. So even if your provider changes shift or your mm-hmm. nurses or whatever that looks like, uh, that doula is with you. And then, you know, you've met with them in your prenatal care. You've, you, they're there for you postpartum after baby arrives. They know your preferences. And so it can help communicate those to people as well. It was, it would have been wonderful to have somebody that could translate things for us, even to go, stop asking her this stupid question. Go. (laughs) Or kind of like if somebody comes in a provider, a nurse and, use all this information and you think, oh, but maybe I got that. But sometimes doulas are really helpful in pairing that information down a little bit to say, okay, this is what they meant. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I agree with you. And I like the, <laughs> the fact that you say take a class in the community and going, okay, because I want as much information as possible, not just the where do I park if I'm coming here. Thing, yeah, because sometimes, know. not always, you know, sometimes some hospitals do this well, but but not all. You know, sometimes the hospital classes teach you how to be a good patient. Yes, right. And right. when, you know, where to park and how to pre-register and um, when it's time to get your epidural. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, you just need more information than that. Right, right. Yeah. So I love that idea. Okay. Other piece is, you know, this is a big one that people spend tons of time on is how to pick your healthcare provider Mm -hmm. for your pregnancy and delivery. And um, what a lot of people do not know is they do spend a lot of time finding that one provider that they feel like they connect with. Mm -hmm. And one, providers work in groups. Right. So you have to like, you know, you don't have to love everybody in the group, but you do have to feel comfortable with the group because it's a roulette wheel. Yeah. Any, yeah. any mm-hmm. of those folks can be with you for your prenatal care and your delivery. Right. Um, the other piece that a lot of people don't know is when you go into the hospital, it's the nurses that are providing your care, mm-hmm. not necessarily your provider. Right. You know, your provider is in contact with the nurses. They may bop in and out. Um, but if it's an OB, you know, if it's an obst- obst- <clears throat> obstetrician, they generally aren't in the room tons and might just be there for when baby starts, you know, when you right. start pushing or baby starts coming out. Um, midwives, though, they're generally there with you more. Okay. And they offer, they are there for more support. And so it's good to know that. But in general, and, and it's nice because, or it's good to know that because, you know, 
you go to a clinic for all of your prenatal care and you get mm-hmm. to know that and get to feel comfortable with the providers and the nurses there. But it's very interesting that we go to this whole new place that we've never seen with people we've never met. Right. Um, for the birth itself. And, you know, fear, when we're, when we feel fear, it, it shuts down that labor experience. Right. And so there's a whole, a whole interesting process that happens with that. But, you know, so, so those are things to consider. The other piece is you're not only picking your provider, you're also, when you pick your provider, inevitably then you've picked a hospital that you're Mm -hmm. delivering at or a birth center or home, whatever that might look like. And so if you want a low intervention, natural, unmedicated delivery, you need to find a provider and a provider group that is going to support you in that. Right. But you also need to find a, a, the place that you're birthing, you know, whether it's a hospital or a birth center. And when I talk about birth centers, I'm talking about freestanding birth centers that aren't part of the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, labor and delivery units also call themselves birth centers, but they're labor and delivery units. And Mm -hmm. it's very confusing for people. Right. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, The number one question that I've come up with over the years to kind of at least start this process of understanding is to ask the providers what their C-section rate is. Okay. Okay. Right? Because Mm -hmm. if their C-section rate is really high, then you know that that is probably not the practice for you if you want an unmedicated natural delivery. Right. Because there's often a point where it gets to, well, let's go here. Yes. Exactly. Okay. It kind of is a translation of the philosophy of their practice. Mm -hmm. Um, But the research shows the number one risk factor for the outcome of your delivery is the facility that you walk in and labor. Okay. So me, Amy, as a healthy um, pregnant person walking into three different hospitals, a birth center, and maybe home, Mm -hmm. I would have five possibly very different experiences just from the fact alone of the facility that I walked into. Okay. People do not know that. No. So hospitals do their, you know, they do publish their statistics. And if not, you can always ask if you can't find them Mm -hmm. is what that hospital's C-section rate is. Right. You know, if that hospital has a 30 and 40% C-section rate, that likely, I mean, that's every one in three women walking in that door will get a C-section. Right. So if that's the option that you were already going with, you're like, well, these are the experts at C-sections, not necessarily the option where they're experts in some of the other things and the other ways that you might want to have this child. Okay. So in general, in this country, about one third of one in three women um, do end up with C-sections. I didn't know it was that high. high Mm -hmm. C-section rate. It's partly why our maternity mortality is um, where it is as well as many other things. But Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that's a good first question to start asking because it gives you a sense then of your odds. Okay. <laughs> May the odds be yes. ever in your favor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, but, um, so ask those questions and, you know, I also think generally practices who do a good job supporting unmedicated natural births 
freely offer that information. You know, they're pretty transparent. I mean, they, they want to be able to give you that information. Any provider can provide that for you. Okay. I'd be very surprised if there's a practice out there, specifically a hospital that doesn't have those numbers readily available. Right. And if you are on the route where there are, you have these discussions and, and what we're saying is that there's lots of reasons why you would not need these high intervention, but there's some people that you've already talked to your provider, you know yeah, that this makes sense. And so there's no, you know, if, if that's the best course of action for your health and the health of your baby overall, we're just saying that there's lots of reasons where it doesn't have to default to that. And yes. we end up defaulting to that. Absolutely. Right? Gotcha. Okay. And I think too, you know, you, if you want an unmedicated natural birth, you need providers who know how to support that. Got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you can, that's something that you can want and that you really desire and you've um, prepared for and you've done your classes and you've done all your research, but your providers have to know how to support you in that right? for it to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now, unfortunately, you know, even in our, in our hospitals, you know, again, this is not all, but a lot, you know, have not seen a lot of unmedicated deliveries. Okay. You know, and so, um, you know, just ask your questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you come in with your birth plan and um, you're saying these things are the things that are important to me and you're getting pushback, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a red flag to say, huh, I don't know. Is this really aligning with what I want? And it's okay to question that. Right. Well, how long into the process can you still switch providers if you're going, I've hit some things that were initially speed bumps and now they feel like roadblocks and I'm just, you know, like we said before, getting to the point that I feel like this is happening to me, not with me. Yeah. How far along in the process can I still go, you know, have this conversation with my partner and go, maybe we should look for a different provider or a different place to have the baby. You know, it can be into your third trimester. So 28, 30, 32 weeks okay you know um but and yeah it's i guess never assume it's too late and just to ask those questions and and if you start calling around and people are saying okay it is like you're 36 weeks okay that's a little bit on the late side okay um but still ask those questions don't make the assumption that oh this isn't going to work i'm too late in my pregnancy how often does it happen like when we see in the movies that you're like i didn't even pick somebody i just show up at a hospital like do we do that in america where people are going ah you know i didn't really go and or there was a rush and so i didn't go to the hospital i thought i was going to go to i just show up at a different hospital gosh that's a great question I don't, you know, I honestly don't know. Okay. Partly because at the birth center, in our program of care, you've had to be with us throughout okay. that time. So I don't have a sense necessarily of what shows up at the hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. However, I will, I will say I do not recommend that. Right. Okay. Because they have no information on you or possibly very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. That's hard. Right. Okay. And you will get it. Your care will feel different. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Understandable. I'll just Understandable. Kind of leave it at that. But yeah, really establish that um, 
relationship with someone. Welcome back to the Hell to Well show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Dr. Amy Johnson Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center and Women's Health Clinics. Reminding you, you still got time to call. You can call us at 651 641 1071. We've been giving those top tips that Dr. Amy has if you would like to have a natural or low intervention childbirth. So, okay, we got to here's how to pick your doctor. Here's what you should ask about. The, you know where you plan on having the birth. Yep. So now we're going to actually talk once we're there, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, not even once you're there. Okay. So the big thing um, to really being successful at having an unmedicated, more natural birth is to spend as much of that early labor at home as you can. Got you. Okay. So that makes sense. Stay at home as long as you can, especially if it's your first baby. Okay. And this is why you need a doula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> because they'll help you, you know, with comfort measures at home and um, to help you be really successful to stay at home. You know, one thing to remember is because TV conditions us to think, oh, my gosh, my water's going to break and then I'm not going to have a lot of time. I need to get to where I'm going because I'm going to have this baby. Yeah, right. That's not how it works. Um, childbirth, labor, it is... It takes time. And the doula can help you decide when you really need to get in the car. Yeah. Right? Okay. Get in the car, call your provider, whatever that looks like. Um, but that early labor stuff, so you're still having contractions. They're consistent. Right. Um, you know, they might be, if you're, it's your first baby, you know, we always say at the birth center, you know, we want you to be having contractions every three minutes, lasting a minute for an hour. Okay. And even then we have families call us and they're still in early labor. The consistency is there, but the intensity isn't. Okay. Because when you show up to wherever you're planning to deliver, if you're really on the early side, it's kind of like you're a watched pot. Yeah. Okay. So Got you. what, you know, you tend not to do as well actually in labor for somebody just watching you. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're in the hospital, they generally hook you up to all the monitors and you're already on that trajectory. You know, even if we are with us at the birth center, you know, we still listen to baby every 30 minutes and and those sorts of things. And so in some ways, you're kind of that watched pot mm-hmm. when you don't need to be right. Early labor is really meant to be done at home. OK. When you start to really work hard, quite a bit harder, and I, I think this is where it's really helpful and your doulas can say, okay, this is active labor. This isn't that early labor phase. Um, that's when you need to go into, you know, better to go into the hospital because then you have a shorter time when you're in labor to be there. Right, right. Um, so, you know, when you think about it, you know, early labor, I think on average for first-time moms, hmm can be about like eight hours. Okay. So we're not even talking like 30 minutes, an hour. Of course, you know, every story can be a little bit different. But if that's the average, that also means that early labor can also be quite a bit longer. Right. Um, so just be thinking about that. The other piece is you really want to be eating and drinking. Okay. Don't forget. I mean, this <laughs> is like a marathon. Right. 
Yeah, your body is doing a birth marathon. And so you need to stay well hydrated and you need to eat because you need fuel. And I just remember the old school stories were like, have some ice chips and you'll be fine. Yeah, no. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. If, however, if, you know, you are, have a planned C-section, if, you know, you have a plan where there are more interventions, that might be different for you. Okay. And that's appropriate and okay. But if it's just an unmedicated natural delivery, you know, eating and drinking throughout labor is actually very important. And probably not like, hey, let's chow down on a whole slab of ribs or anything like that. But having like a regular, like a snack or some proteins or those kind of things. Yeah. That's usually what you're talking about. Right, Dr. Amy? Yeah. And so when you are in early labor or when you start clicking along even more labor, you know, things like oatmeal sit really well. Okay. And you might never have had or liked oatmeal in your life, but mm-hmm. that's actually something to really consider in labor. Okay. Add a little honey to it because it gives you a little sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut up pieces of fruit like watermelon. Really cold tends to be a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, juices and electrolyte drinks peanut butter toast, scrambled egg, you know, those sorts of things. If you're in labor, I always say try and stick away from dairy. Dairy okay. doesn't tend to sit very well. Sometimes it can come back up. Yes. Um, but all of those other things, you're right, a little bit of protein, some carbs, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And not to, right, sit down and eat at a full meal. Mm-hmm. These are like little bites here and there. Um, all of these squeezy applesauce yes. packets mm-hmm. or those sorts of things, all great ideas. But it really helps maintain your energy, give your body the fuel it needs to do the work it does. Right. So um, the other thing is we want you to be moving around a lot during labor. Okay. Lots of different position changes. And it just seems like I'm just tired and I'm uncomfortable. So how am I supposed to mentally tell myself that I should move and do things? That's why your birth team is very important. Okay. Because they're the ones that will help you say, okay, let's do three contractions on your side and then we're going to get up and do three contractions standing up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to be moving throughout labor because that's how labor progresses. Okay. And it helps with baby position and it helps with your comfort. You know, if you're just laying in a bed, that's often one of the most uncomfortable positions to be in in labor. Okay. Um, And so, but it also helps, you know, moving around helps labor progress, but it might also even help with your comfort. Okay. I mean, of course the contractions aren't going to go away, but you might notice, Hey, if I'm laying down, these contractions are a whole lot more intense and I feel them in my back Mm -hmm. versus if I am on hands and knees leaning on a ball, right? uh, birth ball. So, you know, it can make a big difference. Um, again, that is where a doula mm-hmm. and, you know, a nursing team or a provider that is um, has this knowledge and and can help you, you know, talk through what position changes might be really helpful can work great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Other things. Don't dismiss water. <laughs> OK. Water can be really helpful in labor, early labor and as you're getting into more active labor. Um, some people really love showers mm-hmm. and to have that, um, heat and that rhythm kind of on their back of the water. Mm-hmm. Some people really love being in tubs or like birth pools. Right. I know the birth pools we have at the birth center are huge. And so you're able to be submersed and to move around freely into different positions. Does it take some of the pressure off of it, you? It does yeah. okay. because it takes gravity away Mm -hmm. right so you're able to move easier it also that warmth we call it the midwife's epidural okay um partly because it it kind of takes some of that um 
part of the contraction sometimes away or maybe it helps you manage it a little bit differently. Okay. So, oh. all right. It's so funny because I was like, oh, you hear, and we're not talking about doing a full water birth, just having that as an option as a soothing technique throughout yeah. the birth process. Yep. So, yeah, we're not saying, oh, automatically need to have your baby. Oh, no. If you're in interested pool. in a water birth, that's great. Mm-hmm. But for, yes, that's not what we're saying. Just okay. even that as a tool in labor. Right. Can be really helpful and be you know, nice. It's nice to have in your toolbox. Right. Well, when we're talking through this whole subject, because we have about two and a half more minutes that we can talk to you about today. So as you're going, okay, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, am I a candidate for one of these? Yeah. What are the, the, the telltale you are a good candidate for giving this a good shot? Yeah. So, you know, healthy pre-pregnancy, healthy pregnancy, it means that um, your blood pressure is normal, not a diabetic. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have other health um, health concerns or issues that would put you more at high risk. Okay. so um, and one that we often get a question about as well, I have. I have hypothyroidism. Does that put me at higher risk? And no, it doesn't. Okay. You're still considered low risk. Um, but hyper, maybe, you know, okay. that might be something that, you know, we need to think about a little bit differently. But um, a lot of times, you know, that's why with, at the birth center, we do complimentary consultations. Mm-hmm. So pregnant people, families can talk with us and we talk to them about our program of care, what to expect. But it also gives them the opportunity to ask questions and to see the facility. And those questions are the things that come up. Okay. Because sometimes I always say that they're sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder about this. Okay. And it gives them the chance to say, oh, you know, I have this or this is in my family. Does this put me at higher risk? And we can just answer that question. Are there, when you're discussing things with them, are there automatically things like you're of a certain age one way or the other? Like those type of things where I go, okay, I'm already out of the run. Not in our practice. Okay. No. And so um, it's not age dependent. Okay. Um, That is a good question. We do get that question a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we talk about you of just different options in your care. Okay. Right. Because once a woman hits age 35, um, (laughs) you are considered elderly. Right. (laughs) In the pregnancy world. Which we love. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, we talk about what that means and 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 demystify and decode that a little bit which is just another one of those frustrating in between things as a woman where it's like okay for here this counts as old right but i still have this long until i get to menopause oh it's so complicated so thank you for (laughs) demystifying all of these things dr amy we want to remind everybody they can find you and your team at healthfoundations.com also call them at 651-895-2520 we'll see you next time on the health and wealth show